0: Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. Sitting here looking at your ankles, man. They're pretty swollen. It's like you got some... Congestive heart failure or something? What's going
1: on? They were uh, they were actually a whole lot worse.
0: Oh, you did a hundred miles! <laughs> uh
1: that was crazy, man! It was absolutely bonkers. The whole experience.
0: Okay, fifty mile ruck race, which is twenty pounds of non consumables the whole time, right? Versus Those packs are
1: like thirty pounds.
0: Yeah, because you're carrying all your food and stuff. Yeah. So, versus hundred miles of kind of running and hiking, and in the end, you're just limping. (laughs) But what's harder? Which one?
1: Oh, I mean, the 100's way harder. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't know, man. But it it brings you to the same place a lot. Like, it brings you to that dark spot. One's just 30 hours long, and the other one's a little bit less.
0: How does it feel when the guy wins a race? Oh. We did the math. Okay. So. You would have passed him at your 38-mile mark or whatever, around the 35 to 40 mark. You would have been going out. He was coming
1: back. I saw him. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I saw him. Let me start. I want to start out just from Jump Street and get to that point because I, I think if you fast forward to that, you don't appreciate how you feel when you see the winner coming down and you haven't even really started the hardest part. Like you haven't gotten to the hardest part yet. <laughs> uh and what that feels like. All right. So, we get up to Leadville the day before the race, Friday, and we get checked into our Airbnb and just start getting our packs ready and and stuff and myself and my buddy Ross who's been on the show, we were running and uh you were one of my pacers. And so his pacers start showing up and, you know, we're all kind of jaw jacking and like, like firemen do. And, uh, we had a big pasta dinner. My wife made her sauce and meatballs and, and it was going pretty perfect. Got a great night's sleep and woke up at 2am. My plan was to, I've had the same nutrition since I started training. It was a cup of coffee, an English muffin with some almond butter. That's it. Like, that's all I will eat in the mornings. So I have that. I stretch. And I've been dealing with tendinitis in my hamstring for the last, like, month and a half. So I'm just terrified that this thing's going to blow up on me early. But I have a great, great stretch. And, and the weather was calling for, like, 40 degrees and rainy, which is, like, perfect. No. <laughs> I mean, it is For you, it's perfect. <laughs> perfect weather. So... Honestly, everything is, is going exactly how I want it to. So we start and we're like a mile and a half from the start. And so we end up driving a little bit closer and, and walking in probably like six or seven blocks. And you I'm walking with my whole crew. So, and Ross is walking with his whole crew. So we have like 15 people walking down the middle of the street. We all have our headlamps on. And we felt like a gang, like getting ready to like get after it was a cool, cool vibe. So you get into the starting corral and there's like 750 some odd people in the corral and we're all the way in the back. It's exactly where I wanted to be. Cause like with Iron Man, you just kind of let everybody find their own, you know, pace and then you don't get caught up in the, the, the scrum and, and then get pushed to run faster than you're supposed to. And I, dude, I'd say for the first 13 miles, it was like you were flying. Like I couldn't feel my legs. Like I was just like,
0: I mean, that's a half marathon that you felt really good. That's, that's pretty damn good right there.
1: I mean, it, uh, nutrition was great. I was trying to get 400 calories an hour. Um, that's kind of the, was the goal was the goal. And, uh, I did that. No problem. Water was going down good. Um, I was using element in one of my flasks and then product called tailwind, which is like calories and some other electrolytes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we ran through until it got light and that got us to our first aid station. And, uh, I like breezed into the aid station, like, Hey, I don't really need anything, but you know, and when you come into an aid station, uh, they have like food and drinks and stuff, but normally you'll go straight to your crew and then your crew will swap you out with whatever you need. So refilling water bottles, and you basically hand them your pack.
0: Meanwhile, meanwhile the winner is just it's so. Yeah, here, hand me a cup of water on my way again.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that I had. Uh, it's just impressive. I had like a six-person crew. I know. And then t- and then too. two pacers, and the leaders. Or the people who win this thing, like maybe their wife's out there, like handing them a sandwich, or their husband's handing them a sandwich. Maybe. Um, otherwise, they're just like cruising, but they're they're averaging like 200 miles a week training. Is that yeah. insane? <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. Uh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So, uh, cool. I mean,
0: it, I I can appreciate it. I mean, hey, like they're totally. pro, they're
1: pros. Yeah. So we get through that aid station, and then uh, the climbing starts, and this has somewhere like. 15 ish thousand feet of climbing. And, um, so we got through our first kind of big climb called power line and came back down into, uh, the next stage station called, um, outward bound. And this is at like mile 20.
0: It'd be like 22, 23. So yeah.
1: Something like that. So we roll into there and I'm still great spirits feeling awesome. I got a little hot spot on my foot that, that we address and, usually spending somewhere between 3 to 5 minutes at each aid station we're trying to trying to motor cuz you know and when you know when you find out how close i was to not finishing if you spend an extra minute in you know each aid station that could add up and you could not finish so after we left that aid station my stomach started to go this episode is brought to you by us more importantly, our Patreon, and most importantly, our Patreon members. If you like what you're hearing, think about joining us. Head on over to the-standard.us, and for as little as $3 a month, you can get extra episodes, discounts on gear, monthly conference calls. So head on over to our site at the-standard.us, and remember to always like and subscribe. That's the show usually people lose their stomach at around 60 miles like they just have a hard time eating just because you've been your body's just like what are you doing yeah but mine started at like mile 30 so from mile 30 to mile like 35 just imagine like the worst cramping and nausea you can imagine but you know you need to keep eating because you have you know 20 some odd hours left to of racing
0: you ever get to a point in the race i know it was there was some like dark spots you were in right you ever get to a point where you're like, I can't quit because this would be like six months of time <laughs> wasted?
1: Well, here, here's where we're at. So to give you some reference, it took me 45 minutes, and I'm still running at this point, 45 minutes to eat a bar, like a nutrition bar. Like I would take a bite, I would stop running, and I'd like half swallow, half choke it down, and then keep moving. One thing I could always do was just keep pushing the salt like that is that's huge for cramping. It's huge for for your stomach, but I, I, I was able to keep that stuff down. So I get into Twin Lakes aid station, which is right before you climb Hope's Pass, which is like 13,000 feet for all intents and purposes. And so you have to climb up it, then the backside, and then you hit 50 miles Then you have to do the whole thing again. So I'm about to embark on eight hours of suck and I roll into the aid station and I, uh, I just start bawling because I'm like, this is my race is over. Like I I haven't even gotten to the hard part yet because I can't eat. I feel terrible and, um, just like super sorry for myself. You know, like all I've put my family through and I've, I've drug out a whole crew and, my Pacers are coming you volu-
0: out. You voluntold two of your friends to pace you.
1: I did voluntold you guys. Mm. It, it was legitimately work. I said, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna need <laughs> <laughs> need you guys. You guys can split it up how you want, but."
0: Um, oh, you're pacing me. We what? what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so this is when your your crew really like comes in. So I sit down, head in my hands, and uh, I'm just like, I I can't. I'm like, this is over. And so they're swapping out my pack. I can't eat at this point. My wife, you know, gives me a hug and says, you got to go. Like, You got to get out of here. And I stand up and uh, I start to like shuffle out of there. And probably took me another like two miles until I got to the base of Hope's Pass to like feel like I, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm making the right choice to keep going. So I start to hike up, uh, host pass. And I'm like, oh man, like, this is what I'm good at. Like, I'm good at put your head down and like power up stuff, stairs, whatever it is. And, uh, I start passing people, passing people. and I'm like, all right, starting to get my confidence up a little bit. I still can't eat. Um, I was taking like ginger chews and some anti-nausea stuff. And I just power up to the top. And I'm like, I know they'll have soup at the top. And it's cool. You're at the top of this, you know, it's basically the saddle in between two, like, 14ers. And they have probably, like, 10 or 15 llamas or alpacas. I don't I was really know the say, difference. say, man,
0: how are you getting all that stuff up there?
1: Huge <laughs> tents, like, big pots of soup, uh, Dude, stuff for what, fires. That's what you pay for right there. Dude, that's a <laughs> fact. Know? I guess it's a family from Texas, I think, who comes out every year and, like, puts on this Hopeless is what they call it. Hopeless aid station. Hopeless aid station. And uh, it's amazing, man. Um, so I get to the top and I have some soup. And I'm like, all right, I just got to get down. And the 50-mile turn is is down at the bottom. So as I am about to to come over the top, I see this dude in a windbreaker, no pack, no, like, I don't see any water bottles on him and he is bombing down the hill. So I like slowly shuffle over to the side and I see his bib had like one or two on it or something like that. And I'm like, oh man, that's the winner. Like that's the leader right there. And I am, you know, I've barely made it over the first time. And he looks at me and he says, keep it up. And I'm like, you're about to win the Leadville 100. You're crushing it. And you're taking the time to like, say something t- encouraging to all these people, hundreds of people that you're about to pass. Uh, it was just, it was really cool. And I don't think you'll see that in a lot of other sports. So you get to the top. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then you start the rundown. And the rundown was was pretty brutal because it's really steep on that backside. And so when you finally get to the bottom, you're like, oh man, I should be at that 50 mile mark, but you still have another three miles to run. Uh, gross. Yeah, gross is right. Gosh. Yeah. So my body's starting to feel it and um, I'd left Ross at the bottom of Hope just because, you know, this is, he he's super fast on the flats, but on the, uh, on the climbing, I can get him and we had talked earlier, like, Hey, we want to run this thing together, but at some point we're probably going to have to split ways. And we were okay with that, but I was feeling so guilty because that whole time my stomach was bad. He was trying to help me out and, and basically carried me that whole way being like, Hey, let's just run to that tree. Let's just, you know, let's just run for a little bit longer. And then when he was struggling, I left. And so I was having like this horrific guilt that, he wasn't going to finish. It was, it was going to be my fault. So I get to the 50-mile mark, and I had an hour to spare before the cutoff time. And I'm changing my socks and doing all this, and uh, he's still not coming. So now there's like 45 minutes left before this aid station close. And when the aid station closes, that's it. They don't let you back on the course. They don't let you finish.
0: How can they tell you? I mean, I get it. They wouldn't let you finish, but. I mean, at that point, can you be like, um, yeah, I'm out of the race. Here's my bib, but I'm going to stay on this course. Like, I'm on my own.
1: I would imagine if you, like, you could run away from, you know, they're not going to, like, chase you down, but they'll probably, like, you'll never race Leadville again if you. We won't let you? Yeah. Hmm. Like, we'll take your bib, and if you keep going. That would be my assumption. Because they don't don't want you to get hurt or, because, like, you're on top of Hope or in the middle of Hope, and you get hurt or you can't go on anymore, they got to send a rescue crew to get you and that's not an easy okay. recovery. So, it makes sense. And they want you to they want you to finish. Um the leadman is like a distinction you get when you do the Leadville 100 run. The Leadville 100 bike, there's a 10k the day after the Leadville 100 bike. And then I think the Leadville Marathon. If you do all those in a year, you be you are, have a Leadman status.
0: Are the hundred bike and hundred run? They're different courses. Different courses. All right.
1: Um, yeah, I think.
0: I was thinking, man, if it's the same course, I don't
1: know. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that is super technical. That if you you were biking that, that'd be crazy.
0: Would w- would Powerline and Hopes Pass be the one parts that would be like, okay, this is it'd be hard on a bike.
1: I don't think you could bike up Hope. I mean, I'm sure all someone right. can. Yeah, all but. Right. Uh, Man, that would be interesting. So one of the lead man candidates was inside the 50-mile aid station when I was in there. And he's like, I'm done. And the people... Yeah, so
0: he's running the race. He's running the race.
1: all right. And uh, he's like, no, this aid station worker was like, no, you're not. You need to get the fuck out of here. Like, you're not getting on that shuttle. You need to just leave right now. Like, We're not giving you any more food. You just got to go. And so, like, they want you to be successful. They don't want to... Um, to see you
0: quit. I would imagine they've seen it many times before, right? I mean, you expect people to quit. So the They're lady pretty good at seeing, you know, is this guy just broke mentally or is he broke physically? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, we see we see mentally broken all the time. Like what people need is just stop sitting around, and start moving.
1: They need a kick in the ass. Uh so the lady who makes all the cutoff times called the cutoff queen and she tells a story about how her husband was running Leadville gets to one of the aid stations and she's crewing him and uh he's like I wanna call it and she gets her kids in the car and locks the doors and he's like you're done like you're you gotta keep going. You're not getting in this car. You spent the last like six months training for this and you brought us out here. We've been out here all day. You're gonna finish.
0: Yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to you for the (laughs) Yeah exactly. Can't (laughs) wait to do it again. Totally right
1: uh so I end up leaving the the 50 mile aid station and, um, I'm like, man, there's a chance I might be able to pull this off. Like I got some, I, I basically ate broth from mile 33 to the finish. Um, I think I had a banana with you at some point, but that was about it. And so I got some more broth and I start cruising back and I see Ross coming in. And he's probably got like a half hour to spare. And I'm like, dude, you got to get the fuck out of there. Like it's, you don't have time to mess around. And he looked like hammered dog shit. And, uh, and that was the last time I saw him until the end of the race. Cause I'm like, I don't know. There's no way he's going to finish. So, um, I started to, uh, get some neck gnarly blisters on my hands too, from the the poles that I was using. And in the middle of the woods, like like it was a mirage, this dude had like a tarp laid out with like salts and stuff for blister care and like all this other sorts of shit. And I pull over and I'm like, hey man, do you have anything for these blisters? And he like wrapped my hand. I mean, it was just like, like it was like sent from fucking heaven. <laughs> um, and so... I get to the bottom of hope's pass and I'm like, I got to get up and over this thing. And if I can do that before dark, like I, I can do this. So, um, I would say that going up that backside was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Cause not only did like, you just have to do it, but I had to motor up and over. Um, and that was a, that was like a, a dig deep bank moment uh
0: do you think you could have finished this race you know like how much did pacers help you oh meaning, meaning you know these guys are winning races they they don't have pacers you know so that's Some what of them do about they still do for sure okay but did, i mean where what was is it a mental push that helps is it just having company that's the biggest part of it because when i paced you for part of it it's not like i was really like pacing you a time we were just moving like that's what it ended up being it was just like we're just gonna move i mean i i remember we were doing 30 second runs minute walks and then i don't think you were paying attention to your clock because i was like i would do like 40 second runs oh i
1: I was very aware okay but i was was like
0: i was was totally on purpose i'm like well we need to gain time and so it's like if i do five seconds here and five seconds less rest then i mean every second matters you know
1: and it'll come to the point where I think if you and Eric didn't pace me, I'd, I wouldn't have finished on time. Okay. Mm. So I get down to the base, like right at dark. And a lot of people didn't bring their headlamps because they thought they would have been down in time. And so there's these two people that are like, have their cell phones out trying to find the trail,
0: Ooh, man.
1: Yeah. Right. So I pull up behind them. I'm like, Hey, you guys run in front of me. I'll turn this thing on the brightest setting. and Cause we have like a couple of river cool, crossings yeah. To, yeah. to do. So we ran in together and, uh, I call my, my crew and I'm like, Hey, this is what I need. I'm coming in. And, uh, when I got into that aid station, the one that I left eight hours previous thinking I was going to quit, I was like, I'm going to get this motherfucker. And that's where I picked you up. Mm hmm. So I sit down I, and your shoes are soaked because you go through the river a couple times. And I change my shoes. And when socks. you say
0: go through the river, I mean, there's no, you can't cross it with a couple hops?
1: No, it's a, there's a, like a rope that you hold on to. And
0: you're in, your knee the deep, water's deep.
1: Knee deep. No water. shit. Yeah. So when you leave, you have to go through that. Some people take their shoes off, but like, I think I would. Um, I don't think it's worth it. That's just my, I think I for sure as a man would. who has blisters are all over yeah, his feet,
0: wet socks and feet. Yeah, that would that may have contributed to your.
1: It certainly didn't help. Yeah, certainly exactly. didn't help. So I do a full change and uh, eat some more soup, and then um, you and I leave, and that is like a huge boost of morale. Huge boost. Because you don't feel like you're doing this alone anymore, you know? Um, you carried some of my stuff for me. Like that was that was a huge boost for sure. What was like what was your That was my experience? Yeah, like how was your th- like well, what consider- were you thinking
0: considering I mean, from my point of view, right? Let's go back to when I was voluntold. <laughs> voluntold to pace you. I'm like, okay. How long? All right, yeah. Um, well, you know, I've done half marathons. I've done Olympic tries and stuff like that. I personally, and we've done that 50-mile ruck. Right. personally don't have a desire to run a marathon. Like, I just, not, that my gait and I think my height, you know, is it's it can mess up your back and your joints over the years. Yeah. All right, whatever. I guess 20 miles, yeah. And then a couple months ago, I tear my meniscus. So there was no training (laughs) at all. But one thing about this tear, and then so now we're we're eight six to eight weeks past the, the tear and I'm able to move linearly. Right? It's the sprinting and maybe the maybe more athletic moves that I'm planting and moving where it's like, ooh, that's bad. But I'm I mean the whole time I'm most of the time that I'm walking with you, I mean my knees clicking. Yeah, you know, I'm just like hey. thankfully it just it didn't get much worse but we started out like on that uphill out of Twin Lakes and I'm like oh here we go because <laughs> I'm a show and go type of guy anymore you know right. If I feel like any prep I do an hour before like stretching immediately it's just like well, I'm I'm sore like everything just hurts I don't know That's and it's not an st- easy
1: first no it, and it
0: honestly is probably good because it's it gets, gets the heart rate going, loosens up. But, I mean, it was like, oh, here we go. You it's, know, and we're at ten to 11,000.
1: Yeah. Feet. You go from a, a town called Twin Lakes, and you go straight up for two miles.
0: Yeah. So, for about the first half mile, it was like. I don't know I had this picture of this this picture of this donkey going uphill with these wide eyes like what the fuck did I get myself into? You know, And then everything opened up, you know, and lungs open up, legs start feeling good and um, yeah, it was it was fine. you know um, I tried to talk to you as much as I could because I figured the conversation would make you forget about the distance. You know, and you just like, oh, next thing you know, that's a mile. Another I just mile, figured mile. we had a lot of business to talk about. Well, we were talking business for sure, but, uh, yeah, you know.
1: It's it, interesting that, like, that was your read. It, and it was what I wanted at the time. And then when I pick up Eric later, that is exactly what I do not want. So it was, it's interesting, like, what you what you need to get you through.
0: Yeah, the I've been on, you know, hard physical things like that. And there's times when you, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody anymore. I just don't talk to me. Don't do nothing. Just leave me alone. Leave me in my space. I just need to do this. I'm wasting energy, you know? Yeah. So I get that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, we kept a pretty good pace, I think, for the majority of the time. And my stomach was still jacked. And then that after our aid station that I went through with you um, is when, like, the dry heaving started to pick up and uh
0: you mean the the half pipe yeah that was funny because we were in the aid station we stopped in and i was like oh shit there's this there's this there's this and i'm like still eating and drinking you know i mean there's like
1: and there's look
0: back and you're gone
1: (laughs) yes cookies and chips and
0: like i was gonna get you out of there yeah and i knew you had kind of like walked out and i'm still eating i'm just like doing my thing and then I kind of peek out the tent and I mean, you're at least a hundred yards up, like going away. I'm like, Oh shit, I better. <laughs> up. Here I am just eating. And eating I'd get and the eating. fuck out of there. Yeah. That right yeah. no, was funny.
1: Um, so we get to, uh, a, a certain point when we get back on the road and I haven't been on the road for like 40, 50 miles at this point, And that's when the wheels just came off energy wise. And, Pain-wise, um, things started to hurt a lot more, and the blisters on my feet were were getting pretty bad. So our thirty-second run, or forty, or fifty, or however you long, however long you deemed, yep. uh, that was over. And so, and now it's starting to get kind of cold because you're not moving as fast. Not for me. <laughs> you were ready to go, man. Were you wearing fire gloves? Yeah. <laughs> Dork. Yeah. Well, I have. You have the the weakest. My feet
0: and hands freeze and makes life miserable in the winter. It's because you're
1: a great Dane, man. It's hard for your blood to get yep. out there.
0: And uh, so, yeah, it was it was fire gloves with you know a couple layers here and there, but I was perfect.
1: Yeah, I was I was getting kind of getting kind of chilly, but we finally get back to uh, outward bound, which is the. T- What would that be? 60.
0: 60 something. No, no. Outward bound is going to be 77 miles in.
1: All right. So we get in there and, uh, I'm still feeling really confident. My spirits are still good and I sit down and my feet are real bad. So they try their best. My crew is fucking awesome. Um, try their best to get my feet where they need to be. And, um, there's some chafing that has come to fruition that has started to become a problem as well. And I pick up my other pacer and as we start to head out, I'm like still feeling like I got this. We start to kind of power hike and I kind of tell him like, Hey man, I'm done running. Like, um, I, I can probably, we, we got to keep 20 minute miles. That's the, the goal. And we have a huge climb coming up called power line and it's a two track four service road with like eight false summits so you'll think you're getting up and it'll kind of level out and it just keeps going up and up and up i start to see this like uh like just souped up suburban cruising around camera crews and stuff like that and there was a couple like quote-unquote celebrity runners out there and uh these guys, I thought I had a big crew. These guys had, like, five, six-person camera teams, like, running around all over the place. And um, it was it was interesting because I was like, I feel pressure on me. And, you know, the, the BPN, the Bear Performance guys, they flew a whole crew from Austin out there to videotape this dude. So I can't imagine what kind of pressure he has. So we start cruising up power line and it is just like zapping my soul. Like any ounce of me feeling like I was going to actually get this thing done started to go away. And Eric did a fantastic job of pushing me past where I thought like, I was like, man, I got to, just, I got to slow. He's like, you got a hundred more yards. Just give me a hundred more yards. And we did that. And every time you think you were getting to the top, you'd look up and see headlamps at a higher elevation than you. And you're like, fuck me, man, I got to keep going. So we keep going. And, and at the very top is this unofficial aid station called space station. And uh, it's just a bunch of hippies getting hammered and passing out booze and drugs. If you want it, it's the, it's a wild place to walk into. And uh, they had a few other things that luckily had some broth and some Coke, which really helps. Uh, yes, Coca-Cola. Oh, okay. <laughs> they probably had the other stuff too. I'm sure they did. Um, but yeah, like you'll walk in and they'll be like, all right, what can we get you? You need some water. We got some whiskey, tequila. Need a little, a- like anything. Um, I don't know who in their right mind would partake in that, but uh, we cruised through there and now you're kind of on this plateau and now it's starting to become pretty evident that my knees and ankles are like every step I'm, I'm feeling it, especially on the descents. So uh, we get kind of off this really rocky road and get onto a nice kind of gravelly two track. And now I'm I'm motoring again. I'm feeling a little bit better. Still not running, but I'm having no problem with like 16 minute miles. Then we get, and i am we're not really talking at all at this point. I basically said, Eric, you need to walk how fast I need to walk. I will follow you. I'm like that was pretty much all that was said. So we get to um, a short little section of the Colorado Trail. It's pretty technical, single track, and it is a mud pit. It must have rained earlier that day. And so my poles are getting stuck. I'm having to like pull them up with every step and I'm sliding all over the place and uh, a ton of descents and the bottoms of my feet. um, I have some toenails that are definitely coming off, but just like I'd say a a seven out of 10 on the misery scale. And I just, I just want to get on to like some sort of dry non-slippery surface. And uh, that probably took us like 45 minutes Mm. of that. Of just like real miserable. So we get finally to the very last aid station. And, uh, I don't have that much time to spare. So the way we're on track now, you have until 10 o'clock to finish this race. And I'm thinking that if I hustle, I can make it with like 30 minutes to spare, which is not a lot of time. You know, that's, that's one, you know, one minute an hour. Yeah.
0: So if you're one minute an hour slower, you ain't making it.
1: Yeah. So, like, that's a...
0: We were talking about some previous years when um, some guys in your crew had witnessed, you know, people missing it by 30 seconds to a minute, you know, and they, sorry, no buckle for you. And, okay, that's a second an hour. If you want one second faster an hour, they would have made it, or two seconds, you know?
1: That is nauseating, dude. right. But it's a tight, it's a really tight time frame. And as we start cruising, uh, I mean, to get up and out of my seat at those aid stations, I had to have my crew chief, who has been on the show, and he's damn near seven foot tall. and He had to pick me up and put me down on the seat each time. And so... I'm barely holding on to 20 minute miles. Like that's how much pain I'm in. And then every descent, it, it goes from like a seven out of 10 to like a nine and a half yeah. pain wise. And it's still dark. And all I want is the sun to come up. Cause at least I can get this fucking headlamp off my head that I've had on there for, you know, how many hours and, uh, the, the warmth of the sun, it's just kind of like rejuvenates you a yep. little bit. And I start getting passed by like people running, looking great, feeling good, having good conversations. And you really start to second guess yourself. Like if these guys are this way now and I feel like this, how am I going to be in 10 miles? Cause I had 13 more miles to go. And, um, now like every pebble on the road feels like a personal insult to me. (laughs) I know that's not true, but like, that's what it feels like. And, and Eric just keeps keeping pace, keeping pace and pushing and, and trying to be like, hey, you need to eat something. And I'm like, oh, dude, it's just not going to happen. Every time I try and eat something, I like, feel like I'm going to throw up. So we get to probably like five miles out. When do we pick you up again? Four miles out? 95, 95 to 96 miles. Okay. So this was like right before we picked you up. There's this 150 yard scree with like a really loose rock, super steep. And, uh, I stood at the top of that thing and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get down. Like, I think I might have to scoot on my butt to get down this thing. My, my feet and my hips and, and knees were hurting so bad. And, uh, I probably, I just went step by step and every step I took was the worst moment of my life. <laughs> uh, so I finally get down and, dude, I just wanted to, I just wanted to break down. I just wanted to be, just be like, dude, I'm, I've given it all.
0: Right after that, you got to, to me. So Eric and I walked with you a little, and uh, I remember meeting up with you, and literally twenty feet after I met up with you, you go, ah. And you like, it's almost like you tore something in your foot or your knee or something. And it turned out to be a blister, but you're like, I don't know what's the problem. I like, I, I can't feel my foot. Something's bad. And I'm like, maybe I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, this ain't good. You just like literally just showed up, you know, and then like 20 steps in.
1: I remember that. And I will remember that. It's like I got shot. Yeah, That's how bad it hurt. And then every time like a, cause my blister like ripped open and then every time that like new skin hit like a rock it was just like this mind numbing pain into your guts and so i was just like what else do i have to fucking deal with you know as i start to make it that last 3 miles i realize why it felt so good in the morning is because it's all fucking downhill in the morning.
0: Slight downhill, right? With the exception of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, my coach calls it douche grade cause you can't, you can run it, but like you, it sucks. Yeah. So, uh, douche grade. Yeah. So we climb up for a few miles and we get to the final mile and you can pick up your whole crew at that point, which is amazing. And so, uh, I pick up, my wife and my brother and sister-in-law and Ben and Jess and um, you guys were there. And it's just like you, you are going into battle this last mile with like your whole crew. And uh, I remember you asked me at some point, like, Hey, do you want me to put some music on? I didn't listen to anything the entire race.
0: Your quote was, I think you said music's for pussies.
1: Correct. Yes. Here's my thought on that. You were like, Hey, I'm gonna throw some shania, I'm like shania <laughs> Twain on. And I'm like
0: Well that was a joke.
1: But like she didn't deserve to be here. You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with Shania? She didn't deserve it. She she does not she has not earned the right to be in my head right now. I was That's gonna play
0: I, I was gonna play that don't impress me
1: much. Oh uh, well the way I was walking did not impress anybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh oh, man. but it was this weird feeling of you have a mile to go. And then this thing's over. This experience is over. This thing that you've been thinking about nonstop for six months, been training for, been putting people out for, like, it's gone. You'll never have this again. So don't cloud your mind with things that are going to distract you from what you're going through. It was like a forced mindfulness to be like, this is all you got. This, this glory that you're going to have is fucking gone. What if it was I the
0: Tiger? Would you have said yes?
1: It might even be worse, Okay. you know, like, like fake, like, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you come running in right before the finish. You're oh, like, man. I'm killing it.
1: So, uh, so it's like nine o'clock maybe when I start my first or my last mile. So I know I'm going to finish, but it's slow going. And um, we get to the end of the corral and my, my buddy Ben goes, you have to run through that, that chute to the finish i'm like dude there's no way there's no way so i'm like let me try and we're like i don't know 500 yards from the shoot and i try and take a couple steps and like there's just there's no way so i get to the end of the shoot and your crew peels off and it's just you and you have the race director and then you have the husband and wife team that started the leadville 100
0: okay let's go Tell me more about that. So. How long has this been around?
1: I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to look it up, but I think it was in the 80s. Damn. Um,
0: So they're how old now? 60s, 70s? 70s. When's the last time either one one of them has completed it?
1: I don't think they ever did.
0: They just created it? Yep. You didn't do the race?
1: So uh, let's see.
0: They had to have. Come on.
1: 1983. So Leadville is a mining town, super hard people. It's a hard place to live. It's still a hard place to live. It's at 10,000 feet. It's pretty far away from everything. It's kind of isolated. It's really exposed and it's a hard place to, uh, to live in general. And then the mine closed. So Ken and Mary Lee were like, we got to figure out a way to get people to come to Leadville because they believed in the town so much. And they're like, let's just start a start a race. Start a 100-mile race. And 1983, they started the Leadville 100, and, and since then, it has gotten to be probably one of the most... They've never... I've got to...
0: They have to have done it. I
1: don't think so, man. I really don't. Let's, look, let's look it up. Looks like there was a guy by the name of Jim Batura, Patera. And he ran it. And Ken was the Lake County Commissioner at the time, which is where Leadville's at. So Ken and Marilee have not, but Jim Batura,
0: uh, and it looks ran like the Ken also one. did the um, created the bike race too.
1: So it's interesting, I mean, like they're like local celebrities in that town and definitely during the race. So to be able to finish and be able, you know, they hand you your buckle, is is pretty cool. So I get to the last bit of the shoot, and everyone's going bonkers because it's the end of the race. Like the the people when that finish line starts to close, and if you ever have a chance to get to either a ultra or an Ironman finish at the very end, the last hour, it will you will see the most incredible sights, the most amount of grit you can imagine. You'll see at those moments. So, uh, people are, are cheering and I'm like, I don't know where this came from, but I start to, <laughs> it felt like I was sprinting, but it I looked at the video and it's like this pathetic, <laughs> pathetic jog, but somehow, you know, you find this extra gear that you didn't have and you cross the finish line and it's incredible. And um, the rest of the day is, is horrifically painful, but yeah, it was such a, it's such a crazy thing to do, man. It's cool. And it,
0: you're going to do it again?
1: No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I won't say never, but I think I did it.
0: Sweet, man. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting to get you back. I'm trying to think of something crazy I can do and just be like, Hey, by the way, um, uh, I'll see you on Monday because you're helping me do this.
1: I'm in, man. It, maybe
0: it, it'll be like, maybe I'll make you re-roof my house and be like, "Oh, hey, man, we're tearing the shingles off." It's like 95 degrees out. See you there.
1: I mean, I've done done trees. What's a roof? True. You know, yeah, that's true. I guess
0: um, I I guess I owed you then.
1: Yeah, I I want to pay somebody and I want to crew somebody. I want to experience those other pieces of that. gonna yeah, cool. be Pretty rad. Yeah. But yeah, by far the hardest most intense thing i've ever done sweet man well
0: you can thank your wife for all the good food and Ugh. cookies because uh when eric and i got up to the airbnb i think that's all we did was eat We <laughs> were <laughs> the exact opposite of you we just ate
1: that is not what i did i got back to the airbnb took the most painful shower i've ever taken and then crawled into bed for two hours And then when I got up, I had some Giordano's pizza. Or sorry, Lumonati's. Yeah, it's damn good.